Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast on the day that the Scotland squad is named for the upcoming Six Nations. A very exciting day and I am joined by Alan who has returned from uh, New Zealand. Did you sort that dispute with um, ANZ? <laughs> yeah, it was a, a real like emotional blow first week into 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Just a uh, couple too many sort of like... Local pies, baby, over there. They do love a pie down in New Zealand, don't they? Do they? What kind of pie? Bolognese pie. A bolognese pie. <laughs> that does sound amazing to be fair. Yeah, it, was, it was fully beast, good. What sort of top do they put on that? Just like a normal pie case? Pie lid. Normal pie case. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, bolognese pies, like steak and cheese pies. Oh, also had some like a lot of like spaghetti hoops on like <laughs> um, on buns. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of carbs were going down. Sounds great. <laughs> it was my backward place in the world. You're seeing spaghetti hoops yeah. on spaghetti buns hoops on all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's a big thing down there. Sounds quite good, Matt. Yeah. What are your views on that? I was going to say the ex prime prime minister of New Zealand is renowned for having spaghetti hoops on pizza. On pizza? <laughs> yeah, yeah, genuinely, it's a big thing. Like I call it Bob English or something. It's a land that time wow. forgot. <laughs> I mean, in Scotland, hoops on a pizza. In Scotland, we do thing in Scotland heard. we do deep fry pizzas. So you know, yeah, exactly. You know, each each you country's got its own unique twist. Well, exactly. <laughs> and Matt, you're back. You've sort of resurfaced from the um, SRU accounts where you've been buried for the last uh, couple of days. Have you been having a good oh, time? Yeah, it, it has been. It's been quite fun actually. Uh, I've gone through all the the home nations accounts. I got quite bored by the time I hit Ireland, so we don't my analysis might be a bit lacking. <laughs> uh, but I suppose just to start off the pod, I suppose it is that time of year to reveal how much money we made last year in Company's House. Alan, what? How much did you make? Pretty sure I paid money to be here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we got negative equity at the moment. Yeah. In the company. Our three-year bonus incentive didn't really come through, did it? From starting the pod. So yeah. we are now announcing that we're going to release some junk bonds onto the market. Yeah, actually, yeah. That's a really good idea. Fifty-eight percent yield. <laughs> and we'll be getting into that. Uh, thanks, as ever, for keeping in touch with us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod on Instagram Thistle underscore Rugby underscore Pod and in the mailbag. Uh, the thistle rugby at gmail.com um there are three things which we are going to talk about today we are going to talk about mark dodson and the exec boards at the sru's revelation that their pay has absolutely skyrocketed in uh, the last 
year. Uh, we are going to talk about Scotland's squad for the upcoming Six Nations and an, a big week ahead in Europe with both teams looking to progress into the knockout stages of the respective European Cup. So there's an awful lot to get through there. But there is only one thing that is completely and utterly um, shook Scottish rugby over the last 24 hours. It is Scottish rugby's first um, nonsense of the decade. <laughs> Mark Dodson, it has been announced, was paid £933,000 last year, or for work up to and including May 2019, um, which is a hell of a lot of money. Matt, you are the finance man who's been in the accounts. What are your thoughts? Well, I suppose the first thing to say is that it's not as if all this pay relates to the last year, so that at least some of the the large increase can be explained by the fact that it's linked to this long-term incentive program. Yes. Which is not 100% clear the time frame, but it seems from 2016 onwards, roughly. Yeah. Three years of a five-year plan. So do you think in 2016 they were like, if you launch Super 6... You will get a one hundred percent bonus. <laughs> yeah, I mean it seems that way. Um, Were we fifth in the world in twenty sixteen? When did we get there? That's a bit later. He <laughs> held. The, he held the negotiate. We were only there for like a week, and that's when he negotiated. He was like, "I'm in a position of power yeah. now, lads. You've got to you got keep me." You also do forget that I'll come back to other stuff, but that at one point the aim was to win the World Cup. So, yeah. I mean, imagine if he won the World Cup, he'd be like. <laughs> You get like ten million pounds. Maybe you just get sold like the East Stand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Dodson <laughs> Stand. The the Mark Dodson Stand. Um, Mark Dodson Stadium. To be fair, but if you if you go back to, you know, the, the SRU have said this is related to these long term incentive plans. We don't know what they're based on, but presumably it's revenues and net debt. Yeah, something to that thing. Something like that. The financial you, position. They, I think yeah. this year the thing they made lots of noise about was obviously getting to that pesky no debt position of the yeah. SRU. Yeah. So, I mean, I suppose that over that period, if you think of 2015 onwards as part of this LTIP program, revenues have grown per annum at 8%. Yeah. Which I think is decent enough. Um, and actually, Dodson's pay overall has increased by 8% as well. The net debt's in a better position than it was. So you kind of think, you know, if those were his only like KPIs, yeah. then fair enough. I suppose the difficult thing is from the fans' perspective is that we've gone through a couple of years, almost that three-year cycle, 16 to 19, we've started seeing Scotland having big stars that have left that we yeah. could not keep hold of. Finn Russell and then more recently Stuart Hogg, Johnny Gray have all left Scottish rugby because we couldn't afford to keep them. Yeah. Now, I don't believe that you can... It's not... I don't think apples and apples to comparing the CEO to, you know, playing fullback for Scotland. They're not the same job description. Mm. I don't think they should be marked on the same curve. But it is a bit of a slap in the face that that money has... We're saying at the same time, we can't afford to keep these guys, but also we can afford to chuck huge amounts of cash at Mark Dodson. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I mean, I think at the same time, though, I don't think the SRU can be accused of not investing in the game i think when they released the last set of results when the net debt come down and everything everyone was saying oh but look at the fact that expenses are rising at a quicker rate than revenues but i think that just goes to show that they are investing in the game and i think it's just like the nature of the game that england and france have deeper pockets and are going to be able to attract the the big stars alan any thoughts i think the way I sort of looked at it is how many Edinburgh home games is Dodson's salary worth? <laughs> and I think it's like between 10 to 12 in like ticket sales. Yeah. That's like what we're paying. That's, that's what Dodson costs us. <laughs> I don't know. I think I get the whole bonus thing, but ultimately he's been paid, you know, plus 900 grand in a calendar year. Yeah. I agree. Which I get in the point when Stuart Hogg probably left because we weren't willing to give him maybe like £150,000 extra. Or at the same time, he looks at that Glasgow side and says, you haven't been investing in it and I yeah. want to win things. Yeah, sure. So I think that's just, I think when you look at potentially Glasgow specifically and it feels like an additional half a million 
could really take that team from yeah. on the fringes of Champions Cup in that kind of third place in the pool yeah. to actually kind of being in the making the quarterfinals of the Champions yeah. Cup. It's kind of I, I don't think the differences are that big, and yeah. it just feels in I think especially in a year where a and I know he shouldn't be judged exclusively on how Scotland performs, but you know Scotland did not make the quarterfinals of the World Cup, and b Dodson. Whilst you agree or disagree with the stance that the SOU took, Dawson probably did not cover himself in glory in the most high-profile event of the year as well. Well, how much was the fine in the end? 70000 Yeah. Okay. So I presume that's been taken out of his... So in reality, <laughs> he should have been paid 940000 No, well, it, would it, would be, it, would, it would have been a mill. Sorry. Should have had a mill. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the if the SOU were here putting themselves forward they would say that the this pay relates to up to may 2019 so the rugby world cup is not relatable (laughs) interesting if i were to be putting the sru side (laughs) of the argument forward i would say that you do get kind of like clawback clawback provisions in executive pay though so maybe he should be on to should have had to give some we were talking before matt put it into context of big companies like FTSE 100 companies, sort of like money <laughs> yeah. they're making plus I mean, money they're being paid. So FTSE 100, 2019 average revenues, about £25 billion. Pounds. Um, and the average CEO total compensation. Um, so that could include some very genuine stock options. It's £3.5 million. Pounds. Of so, £24 so billion in reality, revenues. Yeah, in reality... Dodson is being paid the equivalent of an eight billion pound turnover company <laughs> by 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 UK by UK company f- yeah. standards, and he's and turning th- over sixty one mil. And I think if you go back Gosh. to um, go back further to when I kind of forgot that Dodson has been CEO since twenty eleven, yeah, and his current contract runs till twenty twenty three. That that is very poor corporate governance, I'd say. To have a CEO there for that long. For 12, for 12 years. years. Yeah. You could say it's like... Well, you could say it's, it's long-termism. Yeah. But anyway, over that period, you've seen his pay has increased an average of 15% a year. Total exec and director's pay has increased at 12% a year on average. Average employee pay in the SRU has increased by 3%. And revenues have only increased by 7%. So the exec are doing well. I mean, it it it's it stayed fairly consistent as a percentage of revenues, but that still seems like a pretty poor alignment of interests. Three concerts in life: death, taxes, and SRU exec pay. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the boys will be paid. They will. All right. Yeah. Don't you worry. I think optically, I just think it sucks. Like I just totally. think it's so bad, um, and I think it's going to just. It, goes right to the sort of the heart of the matter of what everyone thinks about Murrayfield and the cosy deals behind closed doors, mm. the Blazers sorting themselves out. Yeah, and I think because people think that you know the club game's been neglected and there hasn't been yeah. enough money put into the club game over the last sort of five to ten years and you know at the same time what do you say the four execs got a total of over two million pounds yeah. yeah last year, you know. Cut that to cut that to a, a mill and give a mill to the clubs. Yeah, you know, it's a pretty big impact, right? Yeah, um, and it just feels like optically, it just looks like priorities are in the wrong place. Yeah, uh, totally. or people are being compensated for the wrong KPIs. But and it's just adding, yeah, adding to that narrative. It seems as if like every month or two months, something comes out about the SRU that leaves a really bitter taste in the mouth. Typically, with Dodson, it's like the face of that. Yeah, news. Yeah. I think he becomes a bit of a sort of when was the last a bit of a punch time and Mark Dodson but... did a good news story. <laughs> um, I mean, had a lot of sold out Murrayfields. To be fair, yeah, f- yeah, fifteen true. internationals sold out in a row. So yeah. that was often Don Mackay fronts that sort of stuff up, though. Yeah, but ultimately Don Mackay reports to Dodson, right? That's true. <laughs> um, there is the there's the AGM tonight at SRU to discuss the Gamel McCaig. Uh, is that review. happening tonight? Is yeah, it? I'm pretty sure it's tonight. Yeah, it is. So there was there was one uh, Scottish rugby blogger sort of speculating that this has been released at a convenient time. <laughs> I love that. Because 
it will allow Dodson et al. to sort of almost filibuster the meeting yeah. and just and just be like, oh yeah, guys, I'm really, really sorry about getting paid so much. Let's talk about it <laughs> until an hour and a half is up and say, oh yeah, by the way, we've got to vote now on the review. Yeah, put it through. Give us more power. Kind of like it. Thanks a lot. Great conspiracy theory. Chairman Mark. Yeah. Strikes again. I know. <laughs> Mate, Mark's playing 3D chess, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's directed the, yeah. the, the, the anger somewhere else. Maybe yeah. this is the year when it'll affect on-pitch matters. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, if Scotland beat Ireland in Dublin first game, everyone's just going to be like, yeah! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Care. Four more years for Dodson. Yeah. <laughs> it is a funny one, because I, one of the questions I've been thinking about is, to what extent is the chief executive of a rugby union responsible and how much should they be responsible for on-pitch results? Because I think Dodson could make the argument that, look, I have funded these clubs. They're in a much better position than they were certainly 10 years ago, Edinburgh and Glasgow, you could say. I've given you world-class coaches at both clubs mm. and you've still not gotten us to out of the groups at the World Cup. And we keep finishing fifth or fourth in the Six Nations and winning one game. Yeah, I think if you look at it from a commercial standpoint, and you look at it from potentially the structure of the pro t- of the pro game, I don't think you can say that Mark Dodson's done a bad job. No, I just think the question isn't has he done a good job; it's how value how should you value yeah. the job that's been done? Yeah, and I think potentially it's been valued too highly. Hmm. I think he's done a good job. Deserves a bit less money. Okay, I think that's a nuanced position. <laughs> yeah, not, some, not too, something too we, nuanced. Not to, something we usually land uh, on. Right? Yeah. No, fuck you, Dodson. <laughs> <laughs> that's better. That feels good. Um, should we leave that there? I generally think it's going to be very quickly brushed into the carpet. I think it's going to have a forty-hour news cycle, and then like next week, you know, there'll be people are just completely forgotten about it. I suppose there's. I, I don't know enough about it, but. As the clubs are ultimately like the owners of the SRU, do they not have a say on this? As in shareholders would have a say on executive pay? So there's a remuneration committee of about five people, which has someone from the SRU, like Leslie Thompson. You have someone from business. And then you also have like one or two reps from the club. So, for example, there's someone who's like the Glasgow North represent regional representative so like there is in some there is club influence fine in some way but you know when you start wagging a lunch with princess anne in front of a region a glasgow north regional rep yeah he'll (laughs) sign on the dotted line you know you're like look mate as many pints of tea as you want yeah (laughs) every man's got their price yeah (laughs) and colin grassi was head of the remco when this yeah when Dawson's pay got set? So when the pay, when the deal got set, the ex-CEO of Deutsche Bank UK was in charge of the remuneration committee. <laughs> and To actually, so what Dodson put in front of him, he was like, is that all? Yeah, he was like, <laughs> yeah, no. he was like are you joking? sure about Marco? Genuinely like junior investment bankers getting yeah. the same bonuses probably. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I imagine for the CEO of a very large UK, well, UK part of a international bank, the idea of... Because ultimately, what is it like? One hundred and thirty grand or one hundred and fifty grand per year for three years probably didn't seem like a particularly large, large number at the time, right? Yeah. And so, <laughs> God, Mark, you make such a reasonable yeah. proposition. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to say now, but you know, maybe there should have been some sort of like ceiling put on his pay as well. Yeah, so like, oh, just don't pay all at the same time. Like hide it a little bit. <laughs> there is a bit of that. Just be smart. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just pay it over three years. Because <laughs> the thing is, if it come out and Dodson was on six hundred grand, I just don't really think there would have been that much of an. It's there's something like once you get over the three quarter of a mil. People I think st- the fact that it's like it's almost in maybe those minds it's almost doubled. It's as doubled. Well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's the growth rather than the number. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So. Although I did see that this isn't like a new thing for the SOU. I did see that in 2006, Gordon Mackay, who I think was the CEO before Mark yeah, Dawson, yeah. got like a 76% pay rise. He really? Was, it was like from 150k to like 260k. And I think there was, you know, same same thing. Probably not Dave Barnes, but 
equivalent of Dave Barnes circa 10. 2006 yeah. was uh, was ripping into him. So, look, as I said, death tax is an SOU exec pay. The pay also wasn't disclosed in 2017 or 2016. <laughs> Nobody knows. It could have been absolutely massive. I mean, in in 2015, he did get a... Uh, sorry. Working Got your out calculator out. right. Yeah. It's going to come out as... Four, 40% pay rise. I think that might be some long-term bonuses crystallizing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I love it. It just like came out of the CBC deal that like Dodson somehow had like 7% equity in the SRU. Yeah. <laughs> like somehow got taken like a minority stake. Yeah. Um, he should go and work for CBC. He's a very canny deal maker. I know. He's exactly the sort of like... Genuinely, I, could, I wouldn't be surprised person. if he w- made that kind of move. 100%. Yeah. He doesn't care about like, the industry. I think he just wants to sort of succeed and make the money. Yeah. So what's our summary? Um, it's an awful lot of money, isn't it? Yeah. And could probably be more effectively apportioned. But I don't know. Commercially, he's done quite a good job and... He got offered it. What's he supposed to do? Be like, I please don't pay me a million quid. Ultimately, I don't really have an issue with Dodson, right? You know, <laughs> the re- remuneration committee were like, we're going to offer you this. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, no. It's not. No, sorry. I couldn't possibly. I think ultimately the, the, the fault lies with the remuneration committee circa 2015. Yeah. Who clearly put a plan in place without thinking about what potentially the long-term impact could be yeah they probably thought we were going to win the world cup in 2019 and this would all be fine yeah exactly now so and i think what as you said once again the optics look really really bad and it adds to this narrative of the sru being very removed from the club game and your average scottish rugby fan yep and i also think on a global stage i think it's it's another nonsense that just makes scotland look like a bit of a joke yeah which isn't great. Do you after think the World anyone Cup. outside Scotland cares? I suppose I'm just I'm taking this all off Twitter. <laughs> I think reported it's, it's quite. Not, it was, it's not reported, real. you know, quite strongly in BBC News, BBC Sport, yeah, for example. Yeah. Like, I think that in the last year, considering you had Scot- Scotland block or eventually voting against the Irish World Cup bid, you had Mark Dodson's becoming the story, which exactly, is what you, he doesn't you, want to be. You had the stuff in at uh, the World Cup, and then this. I think, like, yeah. you can easily bring together a narrative of, geez, Scott, what's Scotland's problem? Yeah. What is our problem? Well, yeah, no. well let's have a look at the yeah, Six exactly. Nations squad, and um, <laughs> we can find out the uh, number of problems that we may have coming up in the next uh, two months. So, Gregor Towns announced 37-man squad um, to face... Uh, Ireland, well, sorry, 37-man squad for the Six Nations' first game against Ireland on the 2nd of um, February. There were five people who have been invited for the first time to a Scotland camp. Um, Alex Craig, uh, former under-20s lock, currently playing down in Gloucester. Tom Gordon from Glasgow. uh, Rutu Tagiv from Glasgow. Haining from Edinburgh. Actually, that's only four. But Luke Crosby as well. And Luke Crosby. I think he's been to a camp before, though. But, All right. Uh, Crosby's in there. They're the uncapped names. Um, Five people injured, wasn't it? Yes. So big thing. Big thing to mention is Matt Fagerson injured, um, but under consideration. Yeah. Um, Sam Skinner. Sam Skinner under injured, but under consideration. James Lang. Bit of an unheard name for a wee while, but been playing very well um, for Quinns um, under consideration. Richie Gray um, recovering from a head knock, also under consideration. Blade Thompson also recovering from a head knock, under consideration. Yeah. Um, and young Bruce Flockhart, also under consideration, but injured. So there you go. Um, I think we should start by looking at... Glasgow winger, I literally can't say his name. Ratu, I think it's, Ratu t- t- it's Tungivi. <laughs> is, Tungivi. That, is that where we're starting? I'd like to start there because <laughs> I think that was the name that stood out. That was the name my brother texted me first being like, what the hell? I think there's more, um, a bigger argument for him to be in the squad than like Tom Gordon. It's a very yeah. good point. Both because of he's played more and that's an area where we are weak. Whereas, like, back row, it feels like we've got quite a lot of depth. Yeah, fair. Um, yeah, you also have to think that this is, like, an extended squad that yeah. will get whittled down for the Six yeah, Nations. Of you, 
you'd imagine like Gordon, Haining, Tangive, one other, Crosby maybe, aren't going to make the cut. No. And I wonder with someone like Haining and Gordon, as you say, yeah, it's just getting them that taste. Oh, look, how old is Haining? Is Haining not in his sort of mid to late 20s? Yeah. yeah. I think. But obviously going back to, to Give, I think ultimately we're still struggling to see what the kind of hype about him is. I mean, even when he came into the Glasgow team in this season, sort of we're all a bit confused. Yeah. Because all of a sudden he was getting these starts when he wasn't getting anywhere near the squad, playing most of his rugby for Curry and then Sterling County. And then all of a sudden he's sort of talked about as the next best thing. Yeah. And I think a lot of that was related to the fact that he's now Scots qualified and beforehand he wasn't, which means that, for example, he wasn't getting in the Europe squad. Oh, yeah, maybe. Because you you need a certain amount of, maybe it was overall, you need a certain amount of Scots qualified players in your team. I remember Dave Rennie saying um, specifically yeah. that he suffered as a result. But even when he has played this season, like, you know, he's not been terrible. No, no, not at all. But it's not 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 showing the kind of glimpses that yeah. potentially merit the amount of conversation yeah. there was. Um, and I mean, like, remember when it was chat about Nair Voro getting in the squad? Yeah. Like, it, if you want to put someone like in, that in, it's like fair play. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, a bit of an unknown quantity, but I'm not quite sure what he's sort of offered so far. And um, there are, I think, nine people that can play centre within the squad or have played centre at a very high <laughs> level. Um, yeah, and then Bennett wasn't... Bennett, Bennett didn't even wasn't make the squad. Yeah. Um, so Chris Harris, Roy Hutchinson, Sam Johnson, Hugh Jones, Matt Scott, um, Kyle Stain are your sort of people that you can definitely say are centres and there's a couple of others that can... Uh, Finney Ross can Finney play Ross 12. Can. yeah. If you want. Pick two out of that, though, lads. Who's your... Um, I mean, Matt Scott returned for fantastic form for Edinburgh. What are you thinking? Pick your pick your two for against Ireland. I think it'll be... I think they'll pick Sam Johnson and Hugh Jones. Hugh Jones, not Chris Harris? No. Really? Chris Harris is like a 2 favourite. He, he played in the World Cup as well. Yeah, I don't know. I think and he's been playing well at the start of the season. I think that's quite a rogue shout, actually, from you. Do you? Yeah. I just don't think that'll happen. That combination didn't... I'd, I'd, I would want that to happen. I'd want, or I'd want Hutchinson involved in some capacity. I, I want to see Hutch. So I was going to say, I think they'll pick Johnson and Jones. Because, a, because Jones has come back into form, and also they're playing together a lot at Glasgow, which means mm. they can kind of like slot in quite easily, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. I... Part of me would love to see a Hutchinson... Jones yeah, center combo yeah. I don't know if no, it I, work I, I don't think it'll happen anyway Hutchinson's been playing vast majority of his rugby at 13 as well yeah, yeah although I think he was playing 12 uh, at the weekend who's playing 13 Denison. Um who's the Proctor no no it wasn't Proctor uh, was it Dingwall or who's the other yeah Fraser Dingwall who's Scott's qualified I think well, I think Dingwall potentially played Scotland under 18s and then played England under 20s. Yeah. Oh, did he? Um, although I actually think if I was picking it, I would go with Matt Scott at 12 and Hugh Jones at 13. I think Matt Scott is the best inside centre in Scotland in terms of, I think, what he brings in terms of his passing game but then also his ability to hit to straighten the line and hit a really hard line is yep. something that no other player in that team can do. And I don't think Sam Johnson can do that. And I actually think, I think that Scotland would massively benefit from having at least one back that can really take the ball up. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I, in my mind, I kind of think Johnson and Scott are quite similar players, like good all-rounders who can distribute. I, th- I think Johnson can actually carry. Do you? Yeah, I, th- I think he can. Bit, I think he Scott's does quite a bit bigger than Sam Johnson. I think he does a fair amount. Do you, do you know that line that Scott cut against Glasgow? Yeah. I don't think Johnson has that in his locker. 
Possibly not. Yeah. I think Johnson's good, right? No, I think that's that's fair enough. Um, I, I don't. I just don't think that's going to happen, though, is it? Yeah, but probably not. What would what? So what? What do you think they'll go? I with? think it, they'll go Johnson and Harris. Kill me. And I, I know. I agree. But that, I mean, but Harris has been playing well for Gloucester, and I don't really see. But then this is the centre partnership we had at the World Cup. Which didn't work. No, no, I completely agree. So- <laughs> I, it, it will be interesting to see whether Townsend sort of backs his instincts a bit more than he did in that World Cup, where he sort of seemed to be in two minds in yeah. terms of his selection. Well, his, his comments around the squad have very much been, uh, we are picking, this is a squad very much picked on form. The problem with the centres is that literally all of them are in form. So it doesn't really guide us into what his thinking might yeah. be. Well, yeah, yeah. If, if you if you were looking at sort of players that would fit his style, it would be Chris Harris wouldn't be in the conversation. No. I don't think, and you could put him on the bench, and he'd be a pretty good guy to have on the bench. It would be Jones or Hutchinson at thirteen, and or and then Scott or Johnson at, Somebody that's kept, at yeah, twelve. Break, yeah. Um, yeah, as I say, it'll be interesting to see whether Townsend sort of backs that kind of style. And speaking of picking on form, a couple of the old guard have been moved on as well as the retirees. Ryan Wilson uh, omitted from the squad for the first time in a long time. And Gordy Reid, his um, efforts for the uh, Ayrshire Bulls not been enough to get him in, <laughs> so, in the, uh, someone in the loose us. heads. Someone so, tweeted us you today. Wait. He's, he's yeah, going to be in. He'll, he will play. 100%. Someone tweeted us today saying, is the fact that Gordon Reid's been dropped from the squad proof that Super 6 is simply not fit for purpose? <laughs> 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 it was the it was first big good. test of the Super Six. Yeah, failed. No, and then Pete Horn. Pete Horn, so of course, mm. yeah. So left out his first squad. I kind of was ball. like Pete Horn, you know, not being in the squad probably makes sense. There's a, you know, we've got a lot of good centres in there. If Ryan Wilson hasn't retired from international rugby, for all the potential issues I have with Ryan Wilson. I am surprised that he hasn't made that squad given the people who are in that squad. I'm I'm kind of the same. And I'm actually almost surprised that like Rob Harley isn't even in the squad. Yeah. Considering he's been starting for Glasgow. And Tom Gordon, for instance, hasn't been starting for Glasgow. I know it's yeah. an argument about potential and everything. Um It's it's very interesting that, that um the inclusion of Tom Gordon and Nick Haining is they are quite, they're new names. They've not been there before. It's quite interesting. Yeah. I, I just kind of worry about the depth a bit that, you know, as you said, it's going to be whistled down, but there's going to be injuries and people are going to have to come in. And if you're, you know, trying to win games in the Six Nations and you're doing it with like guys like Crosby, Haining, Gordon, Tungive, it just worries me a wee bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you can pick a very effect- I think you can pick a pretty decent twenty-three out of that thirty-seven, though. Yeah, I think I think I you think can. If you go beyond the twenty-three, I think we're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, you've got right. You've got at loosehead, at Dell probably starting, and backups Jamie Batty and Roy Sutherland. Yeah, who haven't really been Neither playing any rugby. Been playing a lot of rugby at all. Sutherland just making his comeback. Well, looked pretty good against Bordeaux. Second Batty, and third in line playing. at um, Edinburgh. Yeah, for loosehead. Exactly. And a long way behind um, Schumann, who's obviously mm. been holding the, the jersey up there yeah. and plays a lot of minutes. Yeah. Um, Who'd you start at hooker? <sighs> it's well, such a toss-up that- between the two. But yeah. I, I honestly just don't think it really matters. I would well, potentially bring on, have McAnally on the bench, not because I think he's an inferior player to Brown, but potentially... He's a better player to have for the last 30 minutes of a game. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Because he's quicker and probably operates better in like broken field rugby versus Fraser Brown, who's probably a slightly better operator than mm. Rambo in the tight. Yeah, I wonder if there's an argument as well, just from the scrummaging perspective, that Brown is, is bigger than McAnally. Yeah. I would say. He's so he's a better scrummager. He's not tall, but... I'd say he's bigger overall, yeah, though. So he's so, potentially yeah. a better scrummager. I think in terms of line-out, it's pretty, pretty similar. Yeah. Um, and now that obviously Hogg's captain, it's, it doesn't create such an issue dropping McAnally, for instance. Well, that's true. I'm, I mean, McAnally didn't have a great World Cup, and I think he lost his position to Fraser Brown in that final game, which I think caused a bit of trouble within the squad as well, like knowing yeah. who that captain is. What do you think of Stuart Hogg being named as the Scotland captain for the Six Nations? So, who do you think they considered? Johnny Gray. Johnny Gray. Johnny Gray. McAnally still. McAnally still. Gilchrist. Gilchrist, yeah. I think maybe... Hogg and Russell. Hogg, Russell. Outside shout of... The only other experienced person is like Maitland. Interesting that Watson's never been like a considered consideration. Yeah, Watson. Yeah. Yeah. Both for Edinburgh and for Scotland. Mm. Seeing as he, you know, plays at flanker, is very like leads from the front yeah, on the pitch. pitch. Yeah. Um one of maybe five players who are like guaranteed mm. to start. In terms of people who are guaranteed to start, you got WP Nell, Hamish Watson. I wonder if Ferguson will use up now in the well, in, this, in the pecking order, but still. So then, mm. yeah, you got Hamish Watson, Finn Russell, Maitland and Hogg. Mm. I don't think any other player is guaranteed to start. Yeah. I think my, my issues with Hogg is sort of twofold. It's, it's firstly being a captain from fullback. I don't think it really happens very often. Yes. I think that you have got less influence on the game and you're further away from the referee. So if something needs to be brought up, and, and maybe a lot of that will go through whoever the vice captain is, whoever the pack leader. Yes. It, whether that's Gray or Gilchrist, I imagine it probably be Gray. Uh, and then I think that the other side of things is that I think Stuart Hogg can sometimes be, there's a tendency to get too involved in the game, to try yeah. and make things happen. And if he's captain as well, that just adds to the pressure. Um, and if he's maybe, you know, taking long range kicks at goal, it's quite a lot of stuff to put on his on his head yeah so I don't know I'm sure he, kicking, he'll, he, was, he'll, he was talking about it today and like Hoggy kicked corners for Scotland as well yeah I don't know he can do all those things it would just be if, if things were going slightly wrong and he, he talk, he's talking today about like wanting to bring loads of emotion and passion to the role which I think he'll do a very good job of yeah but it's just the other considerations I mean that's that's fine Greg Laidlaw was an emotional and very passionate captain of Scotland as well yeah but then maybe McAnally wasn't like that yeah Oh, bit, which I can, I can kind of believe. I, I share your concerns about Stuart Hogg, but I also think he probably was, when they had the bit of paper in front of them, the best yeah. option that they could have gone for. I don't think he's the perfect choice, but I think he's probably the, the best and potentially the only real choice there. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's. Uh, I do think we're going to see him going for goal a lot. Can't wait. <laughs> I'd love like 60, 67 meters of the Aviva. It's like, give it to me. Mate, miss them, just miss them. He always misses them for Scotland. Mate, in I like, think he's got better at them. In pretty bad weather, he nearly sunk 60 yeah, meters. 60 meters. Did he, though? He, well, he hit did the bar. It, did he hit the bar? <laughs> he hit the bar. When was the last time, excluding that sweet drop goal in the World Cup, that one of Hogg's like, rash long-range kicks came off? In Fran- when we beat France at home. Not the last time, but the time before that. Yeah. How many has he missed? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, somebody do the stats. How many long-range kicks has Hoggy taken? Well, I think he's about 40-60 success rate. Which is pretty good. Yeah. It's a shot to nothing, right? Why be so negative? I know. Why do you hate, really, why you hate not, Stu it's not, it's not a shot to nothing. He's got an awesome boot. And if he's got the ball on 10-meter line, hard won by the forwards probably... Why is he not punting that down into the opponent sort of around that 22 area we can't and going sc- from there? We can't score from a driver mall. Yeah. We can only score tries from like halfway out. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. Actually, yeah. Once we're in the yeah. 22, we're shit. 
We yeah. can't do anything. I'm just saying, remember this moment I when think, Stuart well, Hogg's going from like his own 10-meter line just for fun. I, the thing Hogg needs to work on is his defense still. Yeah, yes. still missing a lot of tackles oh, for Exeter. Lost tackles for Exeter. I know they're one on ones. I I personally think the attacker should always win that situation. Yeah, personally, especially when it's like Jordan Talafua like running full oh, steam. I mean, yeah, he, no that, one could have tackled him. But no. the guy, the London Irish guy who went round him, yeah, was like an academy guy. He's like quite tall, skinny, yeah, skinny lad. Like, really? Yeah. No, I know. I know what you mean. I've got I've got a got a bit of theory for you. Yeah, go on. Then. So I think. The 2005 Six Nations, Wales won. Mm-hmm. And that was like the big turning point in Welsh rugby. Okay. They had been shit for a long time. And then they won the 2005 Six Nations. Yep. Do you know who was captain? Who was made captain in 2005? Um, Gareth Michael Thomas. Owens. Gareth Thomas. Gareth Thomas. So your point Fullback. is fullback. Fullback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can you, can you like... That's Extrapolate. It. That's, that's, it. That's, the <laughs> that's, that's the end of the theory. That's all I've got. And all Gav t- Hastings was captain of fullback. Welsh right. rugby turned around, and you know some people might think it had something to do with Gatlin, but I think potentially it had to do with Gareth Thomas at fullback being made captain. And you I am now extrapolating that onto Scotland. You're taking that onto Scotland. Not you're not learning the lesson that when Wales change coach and are in a transitional period, they win a Grand Slam. No. Nah. That's not the lesson you're learning. Bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) So two years after a World Cup, not one. Yeah. 2005. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. You know, there's there's differences for sure. But I don't know. I'm I'm kind of like getting a bit excited about the world. I think... This is what... Stop it. No, I'm not. (laughs) I think we could take Ireland at the Aviva. And my heart sank a bit at this squad. I think it's... Honestly, I think it's one of... Are you joking? I think it looks like a bit of a joke. I'm, I'm excited. I'm not sure that any of the questions which Scotland failed to answer at the Rugby World Cup will be answered by this squad. You were, were you worried about the pack again? Yes. Just getting pumped. Has that so starting pack? Let's go. Yeah. Realistically, Dell Brown, Nell Yeah. Second row, Johnny Gray, probably Grant Gilchrist. Yeah, I guess if yeah. Sam Skinner can issue. get back, maybe Cummings. Yeah, maybe Cummings. He has come on leaps Wouldn't and bounds. I, I do like him. Anyway, I would say Cummings and Gilchrist probably. Maybe a bit that of a second. Yeah, maybe call. that second row partnership just needs like refreshed a bit. You know, Skinner's still got what a couple of games. Mm. Two, two. You know, if he plays, hopefully plays for extra against them. Um, La Rochelle this weekend and then gets like yeah. a... He's been added to the European squad, yeah. Yeah. I still think you probably consider him because I think you're right in terms of just that size and aggression. Yeah. It's something we need. Then, but mm. Then a back row, Jamie Ritchie at six, Hamish Watson at seven, and then maybe Cornell Dupree at eight? I think I'll put Bradbury. Bradbury. You think Bradbury straight in there? Yeah. Which I like. I think that's like... I like The that. most balanced sec- uh, back row we'd have in a long time. People actually playing in their... Yeah, I love position. I love that back row. It's the front five that worries me. It's yeah, that front yeah. five is pretty it's not as pretty lightweight. I think you've gotta put Cummings in. Because I think you're right in the terms of I like Gil Grace, I like Tulis, I like Gray, but too many times one a combination of those three has been in and I think they have been in the big games they have been beaten by their opposite man. Yeah, kind of bullied. Kind of bullied. And whilst you know, Cummings is still pretty young, he's probably potentially outplayed Gray this year. Yeah. Uh, definitely outplayed him in the game on at the weekend. And you know what? I think he is a bit more of that kind of dominant ball carrier and probably more, maybe makes less tackles. But I think he makes more effective tackles than all three yeah. of those second rows. Yeah. So I think potentially it's the right time to put faith in Cummings. Yeah. Mm. And get him in the squad. Um, but Bad yeah. Line. And I, can't, I was going to say, I think Sorry. maybe just go with Xander as well. Because I think Nell does a job. But outside, yeah. he's not Gordy Reed, right? But outside of scrummaging, Nell ain't bringing much. But then would you bring Nell on off the bench? Uh, I don't Bergen. know. Bergen. 
probably. I, I think you probably have Bergen on the bench, maybe. But dropping. If you're dropping now, you drop him all the way. Probably. The fear is is that you're like 20 minutes in. Xander Ferguson yeah, is getting killed. absolutely shagged, shagged by Tag Furlong. Yeah. And you're like, shit, I really wish we had Nell to bring on. Yeah. But yeah. No, it's a fair point. Even though Furlong is on the other side. I was going to yeah, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't care. I, I genuinely just don't just care. Getting, just getting shagged by Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just literally just, just, just getting, getting shagged. shagged. Uh, yeah, back, back line. I, I would... Pergos. Obviously, Russell's starting. But <laughs> Pergos? Pergos is a natural partner <laughs> Pergos, for him. Uh, Donkey Weir. <laughs> um, Rob G. Uh, George Phil, Horn. I, I, Phil Burley. I'd chuck in uh, George Horn. I'm yeah, I'm team I'm team Horn. I think it's time. Well. Fuck it. We've got nothing to lose. We're on, we've almost literally been, we've almost been at rock bottom in like recent times. Let's do it. Do you not think the fact that Price and Russell played a lot together? Seeing that it's a long time. Ago, yeah, we talked about this the other week. Possibly, yeah. I I I agree. I think Horn should start mainly just because of his try record. It's too good. He scores tries. He literally <laughs> loves scoring tries more than anything in the world. Um, being involved in tries, setting up tries. I think we've got to we've got to try something. You know, like we've got to like, experiment a bit. No, no, I agree. I'm I'm happy with George Horn. So George Horn and Russell, and then well, we wait, have the centre conundrum. Hastings? <laughs> Hastings did have a very good game at the weekend. <laughs> no, Russell. I'm not quite sure he's Russell at fair. 12. Russell's too good. I love yeah. him so much. Oh, yeah. He's so good for racing. I know. He's Do having such, imagine a, good, if Scotland he's having had that such a good time. I know. I genuinely love watching Racing Champions Cup games so yeah. much. They're so also good. because they've got Vakatawa and. Well, you, Teddy you know, Tomat. Russell, Vakatawa, Toma are going to do something outrageous no. <laughs> yeah. in every game. Yeah. That finish from Toma this weekend was. Yeah. I even though it. even though the French um, broadcasters refused to show the other angles, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I co- people were like complaining about. It. I was like, it adds quite like a funny little element to it all. Like, I so want Racing to go to Allianz Park and beat Saracens. I know, obviously, that will also help Glasgow, but I'd, I just absolutely love it. It'd be awesome if Racing won the whole tournament and like Racing yeah. and. Um, Russell was the one that sort of led them to it. Yeah, it should be so good for him, obviously, and for Scotland. Yeah, yeah, yeah agreed. Sure. Um, Centers. I'm going with my. <sighs> what do you want? Let's go. What do we want? I don't know. Do like, I'd love to see what if I feel like if Hutchinson. I just don't think we've got the pack to allow you to pick Hutchinson and Jones. No, we don't. We don't, Alan. We need to. <laughs> but <laughs> we then, do if you, not. If, as we were saying, like there, there's no, there's no like Dunbar there. So you might as well pick like a ball player at twelve. Like th- I, there's no one who's going to like truck it up. So what's the point in trying to sort of get like a halfway house? I do think I'm trying to think defensively. I actually don't know how good. I don't know what the view is on Hutchinson defensively. I actually haven't seen enough of Saint. No, I, I I agree. I think Scott just gives you. That ball carrying and a bit of size, but with enough like distribution for it not to like you know he's not a complete like donkey. He's just trucking it up. Um, but ultimately, I'm pretty happy with Scott Johnson at twelve, and I think it'll probably be. And then I still think I think I think jo- Jones is hit the form. There's a great PR campaign now for him. The PR you know, the PR has really you know, kicked in on Jones. Yeah, he you could you could just cancelled his trip to Barbados at the last minute. He's like, I can't. <laughs> His girlfriend's absolutely gutted. Yeah. Like, stop getting picked. <laughs> there is an argument for playing Chris Harris at 12. Like, Go on then, make that argument, please then, Matt. Well, I think he kind of suits that role. Like, He's not really a distributor. He's quite good at carrying. He's very good defensively. Yeah. Tell him to do a job. Has he played much 12? No, no but I think his style suits. He effectively plays at 13 as a 12. Like He just kind of carries. And defend, no, yeah. yeah, because he, for Gloucester, twelve trees and Atkinson are yeah. very much the more distributor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'll say it's not going to happen, but I'm excited about that backline, though. You know, who's it, your back three? Obviously, Hogg, Maitland, Darcy. Ma- yeah, yeah. I still, I'd love Kinghorn to somehow be in the team, but I think Maitland, Graham, and Hogg's going to be your starting fifteen, and then you've yeah. got Kinghorn on the bench that can cover wing or fullback. Maybe Kinghorn ahead of Darcy, though, if they think Ireland are going to kick a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because he might be marking so, Stockdale as well. Yeah, no, it's an interesting show. I was just and defensively, Darcy's had a couple of foibles in high-profile games. Yeah, in, against Japan, the World Cup, a couple, yeah. couple of stuff off from him. You would think Stockdale would look at Darcy and be like, yeah, "I think I you. could have you." I'm Darcy going punches off his weight, but yeah, he does. Yeah, and then I mean, bench-wise, who who's coming on to make a an impact? Ooh. I kind of feel like Sutherland seems to be a hey. Another very good PR campaign behind Rory Sutherland. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. You can't move without seeing Rory Sutherland at the moment. So <laughs> <laughs> it's also just like you, you can be, the more you read Scottish rugby media cynically, the more you see. It's like when Mark Palmer was like, I wonder if young Alex Craig might get yeah, a shot know, in I this know. squad on Sunday. Then all of a sudden everyone was like, this Alex Craig guy is doing great at Gloucester. Yeah, Mark, Mark Palmer has been been thinking about him for years. Yeah, is, like had to look him up. Like I wonder. To be fair, I randomly watched the Gloucester Montpellier game like I don't know six weeks ago, and Alex Craig was playing in it because Gloucester sent out like a B team, even though they look like they might get into the quarterfinals now. Mm. And he was really good. Also, <laughs> accounts he's been really good against so. like a massive Montpellier pack. So, you know. Pretty good. Uh, again, he's 100% going to be in the, the group of people that get sent back, right? But probably. Freshening up those second rows, though. Maybe it needs to happen. No, exactly. But, I mean, if you look at the back row, like one of Dupria, Crosby, Gordon, Haining is going to be on the bench. Well, I think... So what, you have a Ben Toulis on the bench, probably? To oh, the, Gilchrist well, or Cummings. Yeah. Well, Cummings, coming. I would say Cummings, certainly, if he doesn't start. Yeah. And you kind of can have Cornell Dupree, because ultimately, if someone goes down at six or seven, you just brand break him yeah, very yeah. easily. Yeah. Do we not remember the last time Cornell Dupree played for Scotland? When against Wales. And it was against the Wales, when we got pumped at Cardiff. I mean, that's happened a lot. lot and of I time. think he had like zero and touches got, and like yeah, zero yards. Yeah. And he was cast into the wilderness. Now I was like, oh, it's so great to have him back. I was like, well... He, he wasn't great for us. Yeah. He has been playing well for Worcester. And yeah. he did like have the most like horrific injury. Yeah, but if that's that can't be the qualifying grounds that you just recovered from a bad injury. We've already covered. <laughs> PR takes you a long way in Scottish rugby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at Ratu Tagiv. PR is getting him a long way here. Well, the fact that I think Bruce Flockhart was name-checked today is a PR campaign to support the Nice the project. Sta- stack up Stad Nice was. I'm sorry, he's like started like once this season for Glasgow. Played very well. He played really well. He did, but is that all it takes? It, well, yeah. Look, <laughs> look at the squad. Yeah. Tom this Gordon. Is, this is Scotland. There's not other... You were just saying this squad's good. It's terrible. It's not some other Scottish rug- rugby no, nation I'm, where we have choice. Like, I'm, jet, I'm jet lagged. I'm delirious, <laughs> man. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best here. <laughs> um... I just kind of look at that, those back row options though on the bench, so I'm not thinking there's much impact coming on. And those, no. are, the, that, those are the forwards that no. should add the more impact. I suppose that, you've got McAnally or Brown. McAnally or Brown will come on and do a decent shift. But the thing is, and depending on the obviously under review, it does sound like Ferguson, Blade Thompson and Sam Skinner are going to be in contention. And I think if one of those three was on the bench, they, they seem you like... You need a, those kind of players. Yeah. Going back to the whole point around depth, you're right. I like that back three, that starting back row of Bradbury, Watson, and Richie. Yeah. And then you like look at the next group of people in the squad, and you're like, oh mm. fuck, that's really bad. Yeah. But I think that's just because Fig. If if you replace it with Figs and Blade Thompson, Sam Skinner, yeah, you're like, actually, enough. you know what? Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I think if you look at the backs, like you're pretty happy for Bright Price to come on. He's gonna, he could make an impact. I, I wouldn't. Mind seeing, obviously, like King Horn or even like Kyle Stain being your kind of like back three center sub. Yeah. Seems like a pretty like a dynamic player who can add something. Yeah. It, no, it, I just think it all, once I, again, hinges on that Scotland pack. Like, I wonder if they go for someone like Stain ahead of King Horn because he can kind of cover the center slash. Because they're yeah, probably going to have Price and Hastings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then you, you need to have someone who can cover basically 12 to 15 or at least gives you those options. Mm. And Stain probably does that better than King Horn. Yeah. We definitely does that better than King Horn. Mm. So, no. I tell you, you know, looking at that, the lack of, not lack of quality, but that lack of depth in back row, you know, look at someone like Gary Graham. He must be like 
why did I not move from Newcastle to or go and loan to like a go premiership? Loan, yeah. Like John Hardy. Yeah. Because it feels like if they were starting week in, week out, week, week, in, week out for even like you said, a Worcester or a London Irish or you know, it, it would, a Wasps. Yeah, and it feels like someone like Gary Graham would have been a perfect loan signing for Glasgow. Yeah. Just the kind of player that they yeah, yeah, yeah. would have needed. No. Yeah, and agreed. sort of been lost a bit to that championship where Newcastle winning every game like 50-0 against the bin men. Yeah. And then you also got Mitch Eady, who's still Eady, yeah. getting so, in this. He was in the squad for Northampton Saints. Was he in the squad? Yeah, he was I on thought the, he sort of fought by the way. He was on the bench, so behind mm. Ludlam and stuff. But, mm. you know, again, probably get playing at a higher level than... Once again, why isn't why is he not being sort of like snapped up by Edinburgh or Glasgow? Presumably you wouldn't have to pay him like big bucks either. Yeah. No, it's an, it's an interesting one. Um, you got a quiz on I do. Are we going to do that before we chat about the Champions Cup? Do you want to do the Champions Cup first? We are 55 minutes into this conversation. Do we have to chat about the Champions Cup? Uh, we should probably chat about the connotations of the Champions Cup. Okay, let's do that. Edinburgh need to know. win to go through, so that's them uh, sorted against yeah. Agen. Yeah, at home, yeah. At home. Yeah. They just, like potentially in a way, they were doing the predictions, away game at Leicester. Which I think would be quite good. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. They'll love fun. it. They'll love a bit of that as well. Cockers. Cockers back to Leicester. I've never been to Leicester. You look at that sort of like quite soft underbelly of that Leicester pack as well, and you think Edinburgh's like starting eight yeah, yeah. could definitely go down and give them a, a doing. Yeah. Um but I think it'd be good, if you get good weather, it'd be a good game as well. I think That's a great one to go down. Tigers are yeah. coming into a bit of form as well. I still think George Ford is absolutely class. Yeah. Um they've got like Four or five, just such good players like May as well, and yeah, now Taufua, yeah, totally. Um, what's the Lavanini as well, yeah, and then Glasgow. Quite a lot needs to happen. So we're big supporters of French clubs, yeah, because ultimately there is three team. You've basically got the five group winners plus Ulster, which take out your like six spots, and then Glasgow fighting for those two spots, Glasgow's kind of the fourth in line. So you've got Saracens pl- playing Racing at mm-hmm. home. You've got Gloucester playing Toulouse. I can't remember if they're playing home or away. And then you've got Northampton playing Leon yeah. away. Yeah. And we basically need two of those three to lose and Glasgow to win. Do Glasgow need a bonus point? Mm, I don't think so. If if those results go their way. I don't know. I, yeah. But that's, um, as a starting point, we need two of those teams to lose. Yeah. If, they, if, if two of those teams win, there's no chance we're going through. Mm. And I think it's a difficult one because obviously Toulouse are already through, but they obviously want a home quarterfinal and semi. So they're going to be yeah. up for it yeah. against yeah. Gloucester. I don't actually think. I think Gloucester are good. I don't think that good. I don't think probably it's in Toulouse, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Rassing v Saracens again. It'd be interesting if Saracens go full team for this. Yeah, um, and if they because you know there is question mark around whether they want to have the additional games the of the Champions yeah. Cup, um, and then you know in theory Northampton Leon are completely out. You'd think that Northampton we should go to Leon and win, but it's Leon away, pretty hard game. No matter what, you would think. Yeah, but Leon have they're completely out of it, though, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they well, are. Like they'll play their B team. So then you're going to a point where you're like, well, Northampton will probably win. So we're basically pinning it on Toulouse being Gloucester, which you think probably will happen. Mm. And then Finney Ross, yeah, taking it home at Allianz Park. It's a hell of a weekend rugby, that. Oh, so good. I love European weekends. So, know, so good. So yeah. good. But, and, you know, so I would have gone to Super Rugby, but Super Super 6, but they don't. I'm meant to be walking the dog on Saturday, so they won't let me in. So. Well, someone from Harriet's did message us saying that your dog would be welcome the next time. Did they? Yeah, no, seriously. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, really? Um, That's the sort of influence we've got. Oh, how nice is that? Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't a joke? 
It, it could have been slightly, but I mean, it's it's from Neil Meikle, who is the director of rugby at. <laughs> but right. He did say director of horses because remember the time they brought <laughs> they did, the horse they did on. Bring on the match ball said, two uh, horses. Yeah, I've received notification from our Harris Equine Awareness team that there has been a complaint made on your podcast around canine access to Golden Acre. <laughs> Fortunately, as a direct result of your campaign, I can now confirm that any dogs called Kevin, because remember we talked about them doing like yeah, a, yeah. yeah, will be allowed free entry to the tarmac area outside the ticket booths this Saturday. Maybe it's a one-time offer, so you, it, <laughs> it might be gone now, but yeah. Oh, well. Well, there you go. I think we've covered off um, Europe. Do Quite you want to finish off with a quiz? Or? You can do a quick quiz. Let's quick quiz. Finish I've it missed, off. I missed the quiz. Right, quiz. Alan, let's get going. So I don't really remember when I did this pre-Christmas or why I did this pre-Christmas. I think I was like a bit bored. Um, and so what I've done is I've looked at what Scottish players have, be, have played in top 14 finals in the last decade. Mm-hmm. And what Scottish players have played in Champions Cup finals or have been part of squads in Champions Cup finals in the wow. last decade. Okay. Sounds quite good, actually. So in the top 14, three players have been part of a squad. So we can start with that. So In the last 10 years. In the last 10 years. Two, one, two have done it once and one player has done it twice. Do you want to kick us off? Well, you can have a little think. Yeah. Um, have a little think. Ooh. So three players in the last decade. Richie Gray? I had Richie Gray as well. So Richie Gray has been in the squad twice. twice. Once in 2014 and once in 2019. Yeah, in the last, last one. year they won mm-hmm. it. Um, Hanny, who's... I'm going to go Nathan Hines. Nathan Hines was not one of them. Uh, um, Greed Laidlaw? Greg Laidlaw is correct. He was the replacement scrum half yeah. in the final last year. Didn't have that. Third one. Hanny, you got anyone you want to bring to the table? Uh, struggling, man. Scots and France. Scots and France, eh? I'm trying to think of a quote. Probably that it. many clubs that have got to the final as well. Yeah, I'm trying to think of... Uh, so I can tell you the date. Okay. Yeah, go on. 2014. So it was against Toulouse. Was it against Toulouse? Or whoever Richie Gray was playing for at that time. So it might be Mom ah. Pelly or, or was it? Cash. Or was it who Richie Gray was playing with, with at the time? Yeah. Max Evans? Max Evans. Ah. He takes it. Very good. So Richie Gray started and Max Evans started on the wing in that game. Very good. Did they win that? Yeah. Bloody hell, Max Evans got top 14. Richie Gray's on the top 14 twice. Uh, didn't think, I don't think he won it with Toulouse, did, did they win it? Oh, no. I thought Toulouse won it last year, didn't they? Or did Claremont win it? Sorry. Castro were runners-up in 2014. Uh, right, and they yeah. were against, I remember now. They were against Toulon okay. in the final. Um, and, yes. So, yeah. So, that was your three players. Mm-hmm. Six players, six Scottish players over the last 10 years have been in a Champions Cup final. Last 10 years. So, I think we're 3-1. Yeah, moment. yeah. Yeah. It's big. But yeah. Matt, we'll start with you. Well, we'll give you give you a little bit of time to think. <laughs> yeah, give me some time. Six players. I mean I've got one, so um, I'm feeling okay about come that. Come on. Kelly Brown. Kelly Brown is correct. Twenty fourteen. Sean Maitland. Sean Maitland is correct. He was in in the squad last year when Saracens won. Jim Hamilton. Hamilton has twice been in a squad that's won in twenty seventeen and twenty sixteen. I'm going to go with Nathan Hines. Nathan Hines, 2011 and 2013. Yeah, buddy. So you've got two others. Um, No, I'm struggling. Who's been in the Champions Cup final? So there's one that's won it twice in the latter half. And there's one that's won it once. There's one that... Duncan Taylor. Sorry. Yeah. Duncan Taylor is the one in the latter. Yeah. The other player was in a final right at the beginning of the decade, but didn't win. Oof. And he's a back. <laughs> who we've had on the pod. A back who we've had on the pod? Yeah. <laughs> so, I've got so many, many no guests, so many high-caliber guests, yeah. so many. 
Um, yes. So he didn't start. He was on the bench. Um, played nearly centre, but played a bit of wing for an English club who lost the final to Leinster. In one of the um, in one of the biggest comebacks in like a final. Do you remember when Leinster? Ansborough. Boom. Joe My man. Joe Ansbro was number twenty three when Northampton were like twenty yeah, yeah. twenty two six up at half time. Scored twice after half time. Yeah. No way. That was good. Is that a draw then? I don't believe that was a draw. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a draw. Let's go with that. No, I think you you take that, Dave. Fair play. I will take that. That's my specialty: European Cup finals. That's, that's really, really where I come into my own. Um, it's quite good because it allows me to. It's quite narrow those parameters. You narrow. You can narrow yeah, it down to yeah. Scots. I know that have played in France. Yeah, um, Evan's a very good shot though. And I think Nathan Hines is the only one that's done it for two different clubs because I think he did it for Leinster in 2011 and then Clermont in 2013. Well, he did. I don't know why I'm saying think. That's exactly <laughs> what he did. It's a fact. So, but yeah. Didn't make it into our team of the decade, though, did he? I think... He, he just missed out. If it was like an 05 to 2015 team. Yeah, he's yeah, right that, in that there. That decade, yeah. It's just, but you know what? Now you say that, he's probably one of the decade of forwards. He's probably won the most, the most silverware. silverware. Yeah. For Leinster and Clermont. Not with Scotland, though. Yeah. I mean, not Scotland have won any silverware. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> It'd be nice to get some silverware. I know, it? one day. We got the cut, cut a cup, I suppose. Yeah. Well, that's the thing I was saying, because was, Rob Wainwright was on the rugby pod, and they were saying that he's obviously the la- he was there the last time Scotland won some proper silverware. Yeah. There you go. 99, a long time ago. Well, look, I told you, 2020, captain at fullback, the stars are aligning. Your weak theory. Is my weak, my weak, weak very, theory. Very, weak yeah. theory. But we can but hope. Cool. Yeah. Right, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. We will speak to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly. But sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.